Church Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 32. Uh, it is a beautiful day here in Southern California. It's chilly out, but the sun is out. It has been raining for about a week and a half, which is fairly unusual for this area, but I can I can tell that everything really, really needed it. One of the amazing things that happens here where I live in Rancho Cucamonga, uh, California, is uh, when it rains and it's a little chilly out, the, the mountain that's right out here to my left, because I'm on my front porch, welcome to my front porch, uh, it gets snow capped. And so it's just this mo- the most majestic uh, view you could ever imagine, like the snow capped mountain. I'm out here on my front porch enjoying the sun rays and the green that the rain provided. And so it's just a, a constant reminder uh, that God is in control. Uh, he's feeding all of creation. All of creation is displaying his glory, displaying his beauty, even in the midst of a time where a lot of people are asking questions and are confused and hurt, um, that there is a reminder all around us that God is good and that he loves us. And so I just love being out here on the front porch. I hope you find yourself a front porch of some sort. It doesn't actually have to be a front porch. It could be a back porch. It could be a, a, a hike that you go on. It could be the ocean. Uh, it could be just sitting out in your front yard or whatever that is. Uh, I would encourage you, go find your own front porch, get quiet, start listening and learning. What is God teaching you? What is he showing you? Uh, the passage today, uh, I am really, really excited about this passage. Um, if you read the whole of Psalms 119, uh, it's the, the longest uh chapter in the Bible. So there's more verses in Psalms 119 than any other chapter in the Bible. Uh, And there are like, if you read through Psalm 119, there are so many verses that are are, are amazing. Uh, This is just one of them. Uh, But it's David just coming and pouring his heart out. He's just pouring his heart out. And so Psalms 119.20 says this, my soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all time. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all time. When Patty and I were first married, the first year of marriage, I kind of had a freak out. <clears throat> I had a freak out because uh, for my for my whole life, I had been the good kid. I had done the right things. Uh, I had obeyed all the right rules for the most part. And I had always, in some ways, had someone telling me what to do. Like, do this, do that, you know, do, this is the right. And, and I was just constantly in this uh, form of uh, behavior modification. So if, if I, I knew if I did the right things, uh, my mom and dad would approve of me, you know, for the most part. You know, they would say, you're a good son because you did the right things. I know at my Christian school, if I obey, obeyed the right rules, then my school would go, that's a good Christian kid. So when I got married, uh, I thought, oh, I'll just apply that same thing. And I'm not saying any one of those people said, this is how we're going to train him up. I just adapted of going, it was like going, hey, if I'm good, everyone likes me. If I'm bad, people are mad at me and I don't like people being mad at me. And so I just applied that same logic into my marriage. And so 
Patty and I get married. I'm 21 years old. I get married. And in that first year of marriage, I realized, like, I've never really rebelled. I've never really done anything, you know, quote unquote bad. And so I just decided to go on a rebellious streak and lie to my wife on a very consistent basis um, every week. Um, I would go out and I would kind of party with people that she had no idea about. I was uh, I was bartending at the time, uh, <laughs> trying to scrape together money for our family, which wasn't much. But um, I started to to go live a, a little a, a, another another life without her really knowing about it. Um, no infidelity, none of that but just lived a very kind of rebellious life during that time without letting her know. I, you know, I, I could be home at, at 12, but I'd get home at two or three and tell her, oh yeah, it, you know, I had to work late when in reality I wasn't doing that. And um, I remember having this moment, uh, and by the way, I'm still going to Bible college and I'm uh, interning at this large church. And I go to this junior high youth program at night in the midst of all this rebellion and I get overwhelmingly convicted um, and I come home and I'm and I'm broken before Patty. I'm broken. The vows that I had committed to her, I had broken and I felt the full weight of breaking those vows, uh, meaning I'm a lied to her. You know, I made a covenant to God and I made a covenant to my wife and I was breaking those covenants by not abiding by them, by not being truthful, by not being honest. And it really broke my heart. So what I would say is uh, a part of that was because I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I was just trying to at one point be a good husband. And I thought, you know what? I deserve something different. I, I had lost light. I had lost the, the, the way of what it meant to be not only a faithful follower of Christ, but a faithful uh, husband to m- my wife. And I, and I lost my way. And when I realized that, it crushed me. And it's, I spent the, I've spent most of my life since then being overwhelmed by the fact that I did that to her. And what can I do to really not redeem that, uh, that, that, that sin or that hurt in her life, but to live in light of God's grace and his mercy and never to go back to there. And this is what David is trying to draw us into. There has a covenant relationship, a covenant commitment has been made with God. And the scriptures, the Bibles, the, the rules that he's talking about is uh, creating for us guardrails, guardrails to follow him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's creating consistency and where there is consistency in relationship will, uh, where there's consistency, uh, relationship will thrive. Uh, and this is what David is going, but the way he's going about it is very interesting. You know, I think so often when we, when it comes to the Bible, uh, we see it as a good book of rules given to us by God, as if God in heaven's like, here you go, just do all of these and you'll be a good boy, right? That's often how uh, we we think about it, right? We're like, okay, he's going to give us all these rules and they're given to us by God and they're there to make us good boys and good girls. But here's the interesting thing. God doesn't want us to be good. We aren't. We can't be. <laughs> Just deal with that right now. We aren't. We can't be. 
if we were or we could be, there would have been no, no reason for Jesus to come, right? We could have just earned our way into heaven. We could have checked off the proverbial box of good works, and then we get all the glory. We show up to heaven and go, look at all I've done. I've been a good boy for you. I've been a good girl for you, right? I deserve heaven. He goes, nope, doesn't work that way. No, 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 no. What God wants is he wants our hearts, he wants our souls, he wants our mind, and he wants our strength. What God wants is for us to put no other God before him. And that includes ourselves. And the Bible is creating the guardrails that is helping us to go on that journey. And so David is giving us an example of what a soul in pursuit of God looks like, what it should be desiring, what it should be going after. And so he talks about how his soul, uh, and that's an interesting, uh, the word soul is nephish. And, and, and nephish is this really, it's this, this truest thing about us. He breathes in Genesis, he breathes into us life. It's, a, it's like a breath of life into us. God breathes into us. This is a part of our being. And so he's essentially saying, all my being, all my nephish is consumed. And the word consumed there is a great word. Uh, I thought consumed meant like, oh my gosh, I'm just consumed with your love, right? I'm consumed with your goodness. No, no, no. Consumed here means crushed. It means crushed. He says, my soul is crushed. It is crushed with longing for your rules all the time. It's crushing. We're like, wait a second. That doesn't feel freeing. That doesn't feel liberating. But if you think about it, it, it can be. And, and this is why, like Paul says in, in uh, Romans seven fifteen, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate I do. This is what David's talking about. This is what Paul is talking about. They are both reflecting on knowing what God has commanded, knowing what God has given to us to liberate relationship. And they're talking about being crushed by the fact that they fail to hit the mark. You ever feel that way? In an attempt to be a quote unquote good Christian, do you always just feel like you you miss the mark, like you don't measure up. And what we have to come to is, what do I do with that? Do I just continue to, to move down this road and just go, well, I'll just check more boxes. I'll just work harder. It's like, that's not going to fix it. That's not what David's talking about. It's not what Paul's talking about. That's not fixing it. David is trying to bring clarity to, clarity to this. He's saying there is a good hurt. There is a good crushing. There is something that in that knowing what God, who God is, that he is loving and kind and above it all, that he has come to bring us life and life to the full. When we look at ourselves, this, this longing that we have, this 
this uh, being consumed, when our souls are consumed with a beautiful relationship with him, a loving relationship like a John 15, an abiding in Christ, when we realize we're, we're constantly resisting that or coming against, there is a crushing that happens. But that crushing is something that can propel us into beautiful relationship instead of constantly feel like, I'm a failure, I can't do it, and no matter how hard I tried, it's never enough. No, 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 that's not what it's about. Like, have you ever made a promise to someone that you broke? You know, maybe it was a friend, like a good friend, or maybe it was a spouse like me, or maybe even a parent. Do you remember how that felt when you broke it? How you really never wanted to hurt them, but you did? This is what David is saying as he reflects upon who God is and, 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 the, and the rules that God's established around us is that we're breaking this covenant and it should break our heart. It should break our heart. And this is the thing that propels us into relationship. It's a heart that goes, I know who God is. He is holy. He is above it all. And I know I'm constantly uh, sinning. And what David is saying, I want that crushing more. I want to be realized that I'm hurting you. And so it causes me to repent. And repentance is this turning back to, to our love, returning back to the one who loves us, returning back to that warm embrace, in, embrace instead of rebelling and running in the opposite direction. David's like, I don't want to do that. I want to continually be crushed, not in a smash you down kind of way, but more in a refinement. Think about this, like a diamond only becomes a diamond as it, as it, it, as it gets cut away. It's all the beauty that it gets. Otherwise, it's just a lump of coal. He's like, I want to be a diamond for, uh, uh, for the Lord. I want to pursue after that. I don't want to just be content to be like everybody else, to do what everybody else does. I want to continue to be crushed in a good way. And I know sometimes I can feel because it, uh, those of you who are listening here in the States, that kind of runs contrary to how we believe we are to pursue after God. No, 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 no. We're supposed to be happy. It's supposed to be easy, right? No, no, no. No, if we remember, there's two paths. The road to hell is easy. The road to heaven is hard. This is what David's saying. As I pursue after God and I come to understand who he is, I understand who I am and it breaks my heart. But it breaks my heart in a way that pushes me into his loving arms and says, it's only you. It's only your ways. And I want all of you because you really love me and you will really bring life. And that's why in Psalms 51, 17, he says this, my sacrifice Oh, God, is a broken spirit. This is a crushing, a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, oh, God, will not despise. He's like, that's what I want. And that's what God wants. And that's where I get to experience all, all that God has for me. God is not amused, please. God is not amused by your selfish offerings, by our selfish offerings. He wants our hearts and he wants our souls. So are you trying to prove to God that you are good? Are you trying to uh, prove to him that you are good? 
Maybe reflect upon that today because it is probably the thing that's pushing you farther and farther away from him. What David is, is embrace the crushing, embrace the soul crushing weight that we are truly seeing against God all the time. But it's his grace and his mercies that cover a multitude of sins. And Jesus made a way for us. Jesus made a way for us to be right before God, and it's all about him, and it's all for his glory. So thank you, God, for your mercy. We thank you, God, for your mercy. Continue to be patient with us as we follow after you. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is nearer to you than your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.